those long, winding, unending lines, <laughs> especially when you get to that place where you can't really see the front and you can't really see the back. There have been more meltdowns than I, I care to, to count. And sometimes it's not just the kid that's melting down. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to this week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And Sam, I think we're going to talk about a topic this evening that's a little near and dear to our hearts. Uh, What do you think? Absolutely. I am very excited to talk about this topic and to welcome our guest today because this is not only something that is personal to us as parents of a child with anxiety, but I will honestly, I will tell our audience that I am a person who suffers from anxiety. And so this is actually a topic personal to me, not just as a parent, but as a person who has anxiety. So we're going to talk today about traveling, doing DCL, and specifically with a focus with dealing with kids with anxiety, you know, how to prep them, how to set expectations, and when things go awry on the boat, how you deal with them. So I would love to welcome our guest, Stephanie, to the show. Welcome, Stephanie. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And thank you for reaching out and proposing to talk about this. I think this is something we haven't covered, at least not specifically. We've kind of talked a little bit about prepping kids who have never been on a cruise. And we've talked some some about special needs kids on cruises. And of course, our son, Nathan, who um, has autism. And with that, there's some features of anxiety as well. But this is a, a great topic. But before we jump in... We have to do as we always do, which is to find out what your Disney Cruise Line background is, Disney background is. uh, Yeah. Where does the love of Disney come from? Yeah. So I am a a Disney kid through and through. I grew up on all the movies um, and it's always been a part of my life. Shortly after the birth of my kid, I was in grad school. And so I was working part time and I happened to get a job at our local Disney store. I actually worked there all through grad school and then continued to stay on um, even after I got my my big girl job because I loved it so much. And the the perks of being a cast member were just fantastic. Um, and it allowed us the ability to be able to go to the parks very often. Uh, so I think my nine-year-old has probably been to the parks upward of 20 plus times. Um, and wow. We've been to um, Orlando Parks and then as well as Disneyland out in California a couple of times. Um, but we had not yet done uh, the cruising. So this was kind of a new frontier for us. And I discovered that there's a lot that's different, um, but mm-hmm. there's a lot that's the same because they still hold that really high Disney customer service standard. So that's kind of kind of where I'm coming from. Awesome. And you have, do you have only one child or two children? Yeah, we just have the one. Um, their name is Ava. And then um, my husband, Chris, he also traveled with us. How did you prep Ava for this experience knowing it's different, but you hadn't been on it yet. So like, where are all these resources coming from? Because that's, I think, a little bit daunting for first time cruisers, especially if you are prepping not just for yourself, but for a kiddo who has some anxiety. Yeah. So actually, one of my one of my huge resources was um, your podcast and um, a couple other podcasts that focus really specifically on the Disney cruise. 
Um, because as a first time cruiser, I was like, I need to know all of the things. <laughs> I'm a big researcher and I love to plan our trips. Um, and we've traveled a lot of different places as a family and I've traveled a lot um, individually as well. And so it's it's fun for me, but I'm also very meticulous with it. When I was looking into the cruise, um, one of the things that I looked at first was about accommodations because mm-hmm. we're used to going to the parks. And when we go to the parks, one of the big areas that we have some some struggle with is uh, those long, winding, unending lines, mm-hmm. especially when you get to that place where you can't really see the front and you can't really see the back. There have been more meltdowns than I, I care to, to count. And sometimes it's not just the kid that's melting down. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking at what kind of accommodations were available on the cruise. And I mean, not surprisingly, there, there didn't seem to be the same type of the disability access service passes, like where it allows you to kind of wait outside the line because of course everything is contained within the cruise. And so I just did a lot of like article reading and podcast listening and as much research as I could to to kind of find out what I might could expect. And then we did a we had a lot of conversations before we got on the cruise about what it might mean to wait in line and how we could kind of work together as a family and my my day job I'm a I work trauma resource institute and so I do a lot with mental health and wellness skills and so me and Ava worked together a lot on some kind of wellness or coping skills that they could use uh, when we were in those situations where we were a little bit stuck feeling I mean it sounds like you did a, a fantastic job in trying to figure out how to prep Ava for this experience you know I think a lot of people forget there is some waiting that is involved in being on a cruise, right? Even even just the process of getting onto the ship, right? I mean, there is quite a lot of like hurry up and wait, right? You've got to wait for your port arrival time. And then of course, on board the ship, the biggest thing that everybody has to wait for are character interactions with the exception of when there are roaming characters. But if you want to do like the real character meet and greet, there is waiting, but it, it's not as bad as waiting at the parks. So let's let's be completely transparent about that. Like yeah. you might wait to meet, I don't know, Buzz Lightyear at Toy Story Land in Hollywood Studios for 45 minutes out in this, in the middle of the day in Florida in the heat. And if you're waiting for a character meet and greet on the ship, it's a lot more comfortable and certainly not as long of a wait as it is. But there's still some waiting and there's still a lot of uncertainty about you know when events are going to happen, uh, what events are going to happen, especially for first-time cruisers. So did you do any prep specifically with Ava, like with YouTube and showing them what the ship was going to look like and what to sort of expect? And, and which ship were you on? Actually, we should back up and go, which ship were you going on? And what was the itinerary? Yeah, so we were on the Disney Dream. Um, it was one of the Halloween on the High Seas cruises. Uh, it was a five day cruise. And we actually um, had listened to the podcast and heard about like kind of the pros of doing a shorter like three or four day because of, you know, if you didn't like it or you weren't fond of it. But we really felt like the five day would give us a chance to actually like get comfortable there and really have that time to explore and, and give us the space that we needed to be able to walk away from a line that was too long 
long or to have a couple of days at sea where we really just had no itinerary and we could kind of chill out or sleep in if we needed to. So we did a five day. We went to um, Castaway Key and Cozumel. Well, I think that's smart. I mean, five days is plenty. It's still more time than a three or four night that you would get on the wish. You get that extra, as you said, the extra sea time is really nice. So you're not in as much of a rush. You did choose one of the bigger ships. So there's more to a little bit more to do, a little bit more to see. Did, how did you prepare for like rotational dining, for example? I've got a kiddo with anxiety. I don't know if Ava is a picky eater, but obviously you're going to be eating in different places each night, which is a little unusual, right? Most most kids are used to eating in their own homes or maybe at their favorite restaurants like, I don't know, Red Robin or other things like that. Our kiddo loves Red Robin. Any sort of prep specific to food or to the way that dining was going to happen for Ava? Yeah, so we did. We watched videos. Um, I also went on some of the uh, the websites like Disboards and pulled up some menus uh, to take a look and see uh, what kind of offerings there were. I actually, we watched so many videos that at one point Ava was like, you have got to stop or I am not going to be interested in this by the time we get there. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> So yeah, I had to back off on the videos. We did look at the menus. And thankfully, with Ava being kind of a Disney kid, um, they're actually obsessed with Disney mac and cheese. (laughs) And so it was a relief to see that there was mac and cheese, I think, almost every night on the Mm -hmm. menu. And so I told Ava, I said, you know, you can try other things. Certainly, you're welcome to do that. If all else fails, you've got mac and cheese and Mickey ice cream bars. And so I think knowing that there was like that kind of fail safe there, um, made Ava a little bit more comfortable. And they, they did stick to the mac and cheese, um, I think most nights. But by towards the end, like our pirate night was actually towards the end of the cruise. And by the time we got to pirate night, Ava was going going rogue a little bit. So Ooh. Ava ended up ordering off of the adult menu because Ava loves shrimp and scallops and seafood. Mm. And so Ava really enjoyed the, I think it's like Jack's Treasure uh, with mm-hmm. the scallops. And our um, weight team was actually uh, so great because they saw how much Ava really liked the scallops and they brought a whole bowl to our table at the end. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's like kind of amazing. I don't know that I have ever heard of a nine year old who likes scallops. Um, So good on them. That's like awesome. I freaking love that. That's really smart. Disboards is definitely a, a great resource for menus, as is the Disney Cruise Line blog. But it it sounds like you were even smart in that you were looking at both the adult menus and the kids menu. I want to just make sure our listeners know that when you have a kid who's on the cruise, they will give your kid the kids menu, but your kid does not have to order off the kids menu. Your kid absolutely can order off of the adult menu at any time for any meal. Frankly, I will also say to the adults out there that if you want to order off the kids menu, you are perfectly allowed to order off the kids menu. The portion sizes will be smaller. So you might want to order two of the kids, you know, pizza or something like that. But I will confess, I have ordered the kids barbecue chicken pizza uh, off of the menu on a couple of occasions. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm a big fan of the mac and cheese too. So there were a few nights I was a little jealous because I would have liked a little bowl for myself. So that's actually good to know for next time. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious, did Ava come into the cruise with any expressed concerns? I think for Ava, the the biggest thing was just the unknown. And then, of course, we did talk about the lines. And then the other general issue that we have is public bathrooms. Mm -hmm. And so this might sound like a really strange thing to note, but I was so pleased when we got on the cruise to find that there were bathrooms 
at like every corner. And so if there was one that was a little busy and felt a little claustrophobic, we could go right around the corner and find another one. And they were always clean. There was never any issue. They always were well stocked and things like that. And so the things that tend to get my kid like worked up, like too many people or a crowded space or, you know, smelly and dirty, we didn't have to worry about any of that. And worst case scenario, you know, you're on the cruise and you can just shoot up to your room and have a private bathroom there if you need. So that was actually a really huge deal for us. Um, and it was kind of an unexpected thing to think about, but it was a pleasant surprise. I would love to know about the kids club, right? That can be overwhelming. I mean, I know Ava is nine. I, I hate to, to describe it this way, but the kids clubs on Disney are a free for all in the sense mm-hmm. that there are some organized activities that might be taking place within the kids club. But it is completely optional whether or not your kiddo is involved in the organized activity or just kind of off playing on their own. And I know when Nathan was younger, he was kind of lost in the kids club until he found, frankly, the video game consoles and then he was fine. And but even now, like he is not always a joiner. And so I'm curious as to if you had any concerns or any nervousness about Ava going to the kids clubs and if they did go to the kids clubs and sort of how that all worked out. So the kids clubs were definitely a big conversation because Ava had seen you know, videos and um, pictures and things like that and was very, very excited to explore the kids club. But you're right, there is this kind of element of unknown and, and it can be a little bit scary to, to drop off and then you know, not not knowing exactly what they're going to experience. And so there were a couple of things that we did that I think actually really helped. So one thing um, that we did before the cruise is we actually went ahead and joined one of the Facebook groups and signed up for a fish extender. That was actually, I think, the hardest I've ever worked for a vacation, getting all of those little gifts together ahead of time. Yes. But it was, I think it was really helpful for Ava to have a sense of who was on the ship with us that there were kids of certain ages and certain interests and that we had even a small connection with them. And so I do think that that kind of helped ease that discomfort because there was a little bit of familiarity with some people before we ever even got on the ship. And then actually, we ended up making too many of the uh, fish extender gifts And so Ava kept a little bag of them with them. And so Ava can tend to be a little bit shy in that, like you said, they won't, if there's a big crowd, they're not going to jump in and be Mm -hmm. right in the middle and join right in. Ava's more going to hang on the edges um, and try to make friends like very like quietly and one-on-one. And so this was kind of an icebreaker for Ava. So Ava would ask cast members or other kids, maybe like what their favorite character was or something. And if Ava had, we made these little bracelets. And so if Ava had an extra bracelet that was kind of themed to that character, they might give that to the cast member or the um, the kid. And then it, it allowed them to have that kind of little connection. And I, I know that's not going to be like for, for every kid, but it was actually pretty fun then because... The cast members would remember Ava and um, I feel like kind of tended to Ava a little bit more after mm-hmm. that because they had that connection. 
And then it was fun to see them on the ship because they all wore their bracelets. And so we'd see them throughout the ship with their little bracelets on. And so we knew even from afar, like that's a safe person that you can go to because Mm -hmm. they're wearing your bracelet. I love that. That's great. That's great. Oh, this is a brilliant idea. I know it's something that you didn't actually think of in advance because it just happened to happen this way. But I I think this is like the best idea ever. I actually like want to implement this. I'm thinking like, hmm, how can we figure out a way to make something that Nathan could give out? Because he has the same issue, even though it's funny, he's with his friends, he's quite outgoing and loud and can be kind of obnoxious, frankly. But he's real shy with making new friends, particularly in a crowded space. Like he yeah. like Ava will make a friend one on one off to the side and not will not join the big group unless he is joining with a friend who's a little bit more, you know, outgoing than he is or a little bit more brave than he is. So we always find it's very helpful to try and find him a friend or travel with a friend early on. So then he's more, you know, more likely to participate in in kids activities. Right. So I will say um, Ava's a a pretty independent and also responsible kid with Mm. stuff like that. And so earlier in the year, Ava had been asking us if if they could earn money by doing chores. And I said, sure, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So um, we actually found a a bank that will do a a debit card for, for kids as young as eight. And so Ava's been used to carrying around a very small like sling bag or like mm-hmm. the crossbody bag um, because it has their debit card in it. <laughs> and yeah. So um, we did. Ava did not carry their debit card around on the cruise. I was a little right. nervous about that. Um, right. Too many temptations. But <laughs> Ava did carry that same little small crossbody um, and just put a couple of the bracelets in there. But they were small enough that like if your kid had pockets, especially if they were like cargo pockets or something like that, it could probably fit. But I was going to say too, that I think the other thing that really helped us with, especially for first timers in the kids club, um, was going to the open house. So we made a point to do that. And we set aside probably about an hour just to go and explore. And Ava sat and colored and found where all the markers were kept and all those Mm -hmm. things. And so with having mom and dad there, we were able to kind of make sure that Ava knew where they were going and what they had access to. So I think that really helped a lot too, because then it was a familiar space when they went back on their own. Yeah, that's a really good point. I will also say that there's a couple of, not just on the first day. So the first day is, the I think, the great um, sort of intro. This is the space, that sort of thing. But Mm -hmm. later on in the cruises, they will do not just open house where it's just open house, but they will do some some of the activities that they do when it's in closed mode. They will actually do as open house activities. Like sometimes it'll be, what do they call them? The Green Army Men from Toy Story might do Sarge Says, or they might do the slime activity during open house. So there's some things where, meaning the parents can participate with their child in the kids club and do these activities. And that I have to say has been a, a, a good thing for us in some of the organized activities that Nathan won't do in the kids club when he's there on his own, but would, would do if one of us or both of us are with him in the kids club. I am curious about the pool decks and it's quite 
big. It's quite loud. It's at times hard to maintain sight lines to your child. You know, having a nine-year-old ourselves, he literally just turned nine three days ago as we're recording this. Um, <laughs> I'm less worried about Nathan getting lost than I was when he was, you know, five years old, of course. But, you know, it's it's not always easy to keep track of the kids on the pool deck. I'm curious whether or not you experienced any of that or if you had any sort of strategies for not losing your kid on the pool deck. Yeah, well, I I will say in terms of that, we actually, I think, got very lucky with when we booked it because we had been looking at a a cruise time a couple of weeks prior. It would have fallen on Ava's fall break, but it just it didn't work out for us. And so we ended up pushing it back a couple of weeks than what we had initially intended. And so I think that because of maybe the time that we went where kids had just come back from fall break and um, it was just prior to Halloween um, and then obviously prior to any of the like Thanksgiving or Christmas holidays, we actually were only at about half capacity on our ship. Um, Nice. Yeah. So in terms of keeping track of Ava in crowded spaces like the pool deck, that actually wasn't an issue for us because the pool deck was hardly ever crowded. And so even when there were things like the like the sail away party or the pirate night with the fireworks, um, we had plenty of space to to sit and stretch out and and really enjoy ourselves. And so I think going forward, it may have just been kind of a, a random thing that happened. But I think we would try to intentionally uh, schedule in like an off peak time uh, just mm-hmm. because it it seemed like maybe that was why it was less crowded. And there were there were quite a few more adults, I think, on our trip too. Again, probably because of the timing. I think the one place we really didn't like a whole lot were the pools themselves, mm-hmm. because we did feel a little bit like um, those fish, you know, where their heads just kind of bob up above the surface. Yep. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of space to move around, uh, but we did enjoy the aqueduct a couple of times because, the again, the lines were so short. Um, we were able to ride it several times um, and really have a good time there. Totally agree on the pools. They are crowded. There's not really, yeah, you can't really swim around because of their size and their shapes, except if you're on the wish. So I, I, as much as I don't love the wish itineraries, the wish has the best pool deck by far. Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action to thank our amazing show sponsor over at My Path Unwinding Travel. We have really come to love all of the agents over at My Path Unwinding Travel who you've heard on this show. So many of their agents have been on the show sharing their great experiences with concierge sailing, adventures by Disney, and just unique sailings across the Disney portfolio. And so have really come to rely on their expertise as we think about our own vacations, questions we've had about sailing concierge for the first time, questions about unique itineraries, and they are just so knowledgeable, so friendly, so giving of their time. My Path and Winding has some fabulous Facebook groups out there that you can join around concierge sailing, the Disney Wish, the Disney Treasure, just all kinds of great groups where they answer questions from people who haven't even booked vacations with them. So love, love, love the great experience, expertise, friendliness of My Path Unwinding Travel. So if you are thinking about booking your next Disney Cruise Line vacation, maybe been thinking about taking the leap and upgrading to concierge or have been eyeing some special adventures by Disney trip or really just want to benefit from the knowledge and expertise that a great travel expert can provide, highly recommend heading over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your next fabulous vacation. Use that link so they know the DCL Duo sent you. And with that, back to our episode. 
So, I'm curious about shows. What one issue we had with Nathan early on was sitting through a show, a stage show. How did Ava do with uh, the shows on board? We really loved the shows. So uh, like I said, typically the the things that we have issues with um, are, are when we're in these kind of like trapped or confined spaces. And I think that for the shows, um, most of the time we would sit towards an aisle, which was nice because then when the characters come up and down the aisles, uh, they're, they're right there and close by. But it was also so that, you know, if we needed to make that quick, easy exit, we could. And Ava loved the shows. They were all fantastic. We I think the only thing that we didn't actually end up going to was the night that they had. I think it was like a ventriloquist or a magician or something. We did not go see him. Um, but we saw all the others and they were just wonderful. So, but we also, we also, uh, do a, a lot of bri- bribery maybe. Um, <laughs> and so first, first day we bought one of those, uh, character popcorn bucket. And so then every time we were going to the show, it was kind of like, yeah, but you get like a lot of popcorn and you can have it all to yourself. And so we put the popcorn bucket like right in Ava's lap and Ava just snacks on popcorn the whole time. <laughs> Even though it's right before dinner, we just kind of do that. So it keeps Ava occupied. <laughs> it's not called bribery. It's called incentivizing. Incentivizing. It is an yeah, essential that's- <laughs> tool. It is an essential tool. Yes. Yeah. Right. And and uh, we will tell you that comes straight from our parent coach who's a psychologist who we have been seeing for years. She does not call it bribery. She calls it incentivizing. She says it is actually a really important skill that parents should utilize and learn. What about uh, the deck party? Uh, I don't know if Ava's overwhelmed with noise or activity or anything like that from the anxiety they experience. But I'm curious, you know, fireworks, that sort of stuff tended to be a little bit more difficult for us. Was it difficult for you or, or did Ava just love it? <laughs> yeah, I will say that the, the times where we had trouble were, I think I want to say it was during uh, the Halloween party, the way that they had it set up, there was like certain spaces where the characters kind of interacted a little more with the kids. And Ava wanted very, very much to interact with the characters, but didn't want to necessarily be far away from us in that space that they had kind of set out or outlined for the kids. Oh, um, that's so- that kid zone or whatever in... Um- is that was that in the atrium too? I don't recall it in the atrium. Um, I don't. I just recall it at least in one, maybe two of the deck parties where they had like a oh. certain area that was just squared off for kids. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of a catch twenty two because Ava would be a little upset because we wouldn't be able to to see over the heads of all of the adults. But then Ava got really kind of like sad over in the kid area and would end up coming back to us like, I missed you guys. So um, we actually on on pirate night, I know um, we ended up moving up to the balcony and we got there a little bit earlier just so that way we could get a spot along the railing. Um, and I think that was actually the best compromise for us because then Ava could see all of the characters really well, but didn't feel like they were having to fight with other adults to see over their head or sit by themselves with the kids zone. So balcony was a good space for us. So Stephanie, what kind of room did you have on board the ship? And did that, how'd that go with Ava? Yeah, we, um, we opted for a uh, veranda with the, I think a deluxe deluxe room with veranda <laughs> yeah deluxe family stateroom with veranda yep okay yep that was it and <laughs> and actually our decision on the veranda was kind of it was kind of a family decision because 
I mean, obviously it's, it's less expensive to do those inside staterooms, but myself and Ava both kind of felt like that might feel a little bit confining. Um, and then my husband really does just like to observe nature. Um, and so this was really the best option for us. And we um, spent a lot of time actually out just sitting on the deck. And it kind of became like a morning routine. We would open up the doors and we would sit out on the deck. And then generally uh, in the evening too, we would grab some snacks from the pool bar and then turn on a Disney movie. And some people would sit out on the deck and some people would sit in the inside on the couch and just watch a movie for a little bit. So I think it gave us that space we needed as a family to be able to spread out a little bit and not be so confined in like in each other's business all the time. (laughs) I was actually talking, this is sort of reminds me, I had a conversation last night with uh, another parent uh, at our son's birthday party, at our, our kid's birthday party last night. And they had never been on a cruise. And the reason, the stated reason was her husband gets claustrophobic. And I said, well, then you you can go. It's not, you won't feel confined anywhere on the ship, except if you get an inside stateroom. I said, you need to, you're not, you should probably not even just get a porthole. You should get a veranda. And I, you know, neither of us suffer from claustrophobia and we have no problem staying in a, a porthole room. We have, I will confess, we've never stayed in an inside stateroom. I like the idea of having a window, at least being able to see the outside. But yeah, I, I, I think if for anyone who has any sort of claustrophobia or similar type concerns, you're going to probably have to spend extra money on the veranda. But I, yeah. I've never felt claustrophobic in a, in a cruise stateroom that has at least a window. Yeah, and, and we didn't feel that way either. And and I think the other thing that this is just a, a strategy that our family has used um, pretty much on on all of our family vacations that helps kind of reduce the chaos. Because you know when you're you know living with someone with anxiety, things can go from like zero to a hundred pretty instantly. And so um, as much as we can do in in our personal spaces to kind of reduce that outside chaos is helpful. And so on the first day when we got there, we unpacked and we put everything where it needed to go and we put the suitcases in the you know in the bottom below the bed um, and that helped a lot because then we weren't having to like jump over suitcases and dig around and find what we needed it was mm-hmm. all hanging up or in the drawers or things like that um, and that really helped because it is a small space it is it is a little bit tight but reducing that extra clutter of the suitcases and things there's there's plenty of shelving and places to put stuff um, you just have to kind of set aside the time and make the effort a little bit to do it but it was definitely worth it for us that's a great point we always do that as well and actually I will tell you I will confess that we've never thought to do that for Nathan's anxiety or for my anxiety. We actually do that because Brian is kind of, I'm going to call you a little OCD, Brian. He's not, he's not actually diagnosed with OCD or anything like that, but he's very like particular about things being organized. I know for Brian to be comfortable, things need to be like put away. So even if it's just like a four night cruise, like we are putting, and actually we would do it on a three night cruise, but yeah, and everything needs to be like put away in the closets and the drawers on the shelves. Like it needs to be rather than living out of the suitcases in hotels. We will kind of, it depends if we're only staying one night, obviously we don't put anything in drawers, but if we're staying like, you know, three nights or more in a hotel, we, we do the same. So it, it does help for all of us to feel more comfortable in that space. We, we also make sure we pack some things that are helpful for Nathan to feel comfortable and at home and at ease, even 
you know, whether it's on a cruise or a, a park vacation or whatnot. I'm curious, are there things that you in particular pack, whether they be, I don't know, blankets, stuffies, whatnot for Ava to make sure they're they're comfortable. Yeah, for sure. So we always allow Ava to pack uh, one bag of their own. And it's usually about a book bag size. Um, And we really give Ava kind of free reign to pack whatever they want to in that bag that they'll need for the trip. And so actually, um, on this particular trip, what Ava really wanted to pack was they have they have a favorite teddy bear. So of course, Teddy went. Mm -hmm. But then Ava, it was really important for Ava that Teddy had all of his appropriate um, things as well. And so uh, Teddy had a little passport. um, So that way he was fully documented. And Teddy brought his goldfish and a couple of things. And so when we got in the room, we we not only set up our space and Ava's space, but we also set up Teddy's space. And of course, the great thing about Disney is that when you come back, you never know what those little characters have been up to. And so we would come back to the room and Teddy would be in one place or another or playing with the, you know, the um, towel animals mm-hmm. or things like that. And so um, I think it was because Teddy has such a big personality for Ava. Um, and he's so he's so important, such a big resource that to come back to the room and and have this kind of sense that Teddy's been having a good time too. He's not just stuck in the room by himself. That was really fun as well. Um, and then of course he's there to to cuddle and provide comfort whenever is needed. I love that. I will tell you that the same happens with Bear Bear. So Bear mm-hmm. Bear is Nathan's favorite Teddy. Bear Bear comes on pretty much every vacation with us. I will say, though, when we went away for Thanksgiving to visit my mom, Nathan brought a different bear with him. Uh, Yeah, So poor Bear Bear got left at home because I limited Nathan to only one bear because all of his bears are they're not giant, but they're bigger. And so we only have limited packing space. (laughs) But yeah, I, I love on the cruise that Bear Bear, you can tell Bear Bear's usually been playing with one of the towel animals or he's been sitting on the couch, you know, probably relaxing, watching a, a Disney movie on the stateroom TV, you know, or, or snacking on, you know, some Dove chocolates. You know, there's all kinds of things that those teddies get up to uh, when you are out and about on the ship. Yeah, they get tucked in at night with that yeah. turned on service. It's, it's sweet. Yeah, it's awesome. And I will say we, you know, Bear Bear gets to come sometimes to, to activities around the ship. But when we're doing like, you know, an excursion out uh, at a port or we are um, going to the pool deck, Bear Bear does not come with us because we don't want Bear Bear to get lost or wet because if he has to go in the washing machine, he loses a lot of his fluff. So. By the way, speaking of that, did you do any uh, excursions and how did those work out for you? Yeah, um, and that was actually when when Sam just said about about the excursions, it kind of sparked this this thought. And I think that was one area where my husband and I really had to do some work in checking our own expectations mm-hmm. um, because we this was actually the first time that we've been out of the country together as a family. Um, so I've been a few places, he's been a few places, but we've never been anywhere all together. We were really kind of excited to to have an opportunity to explore a new place. But I I think that I did not quite calculate well enough for the heat 
and mm. the toll that the heat would take on on all of us, honestly, um, but on Ava in particular. And so with Castaway, it was a little bit easier. We did okay on Castaway um, until Ava realized that there were actually alive fish in the water. <laughs> and then at that point, Ava actually requested to go to the kids club because it was nowhere. They, they didn't have the water there. And so Ava mm. could just play in the sand. And my husband and I got a chance to relax a little bit on the adult beach. But on uh, Cozumel Day, I, I think we had just basically stepped off the ship um, to meet our our uh, group for the excursion. They said, and Ava said, I, I don't know if I can do this heat. Like this mm-hmm. is a different kind of heat. And so thankfully, the excursion that we had booked was actually um, mostly indoors. And so we we had fans and, and I think a little bit of AC and it was comfortable and we were fine. But when we got done, they had a, they had some time set aside for us to uh, kind of explore that little that little square there where there's like mm-hmm. I think a church and the big Cosmo letters. My husband and I were both really, like I said, excited to kind of explore a new area. And Ava was like, no, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And so um, we pretty much had to to head back after that and go and, and really go back to the ship. And I'm glad ultimately that we did because that was the same night that we had the pirate night. And mm-hmm. so we were able to have a few hours to get cool and calm and reset prior to the pirate night. Um, but I think that if my husband and I had pushed it and and really gone after our own expectations, we definitely would have burned out our kid and we probably would have come back just miserable and all angry with each other. So just really kind of pacing ourselves and, and letting go of some of our own expectations, um, especially in those ports, was difficult but important. That's some great insight. I, I think one of the things we always look at whenever we're looking at an excursion is how long is the bus ride? Sometimes mm-hmm. you are on like a nice air conditioned coach bus, but sometimes you're on like an open air rickety bus. It's, it just depends on the port and the excursion and you don't know what you're going to get always. I mean, sometimes the description will say air conditioned coach and then I'm like, oh, okay, we can sit in a bus for an hour. But if it is not clear. Uh, either I might steer away from that excursion or steer away from any excursion, depending on the port, and, or or, st- or steer towards like a, a shorter excursion, right? Because uh, particularly in the, in the heat, I will agree with you. Nathan also can get quite cranky. And once the kid goes downhill, it's really hard to like get back from that. And it can kind of screw up the rest of the day. And so to your yeah. point, going back to the ship helps you salvage the rest of the day. So yeah, maybe you didn't get as much time as you would have liked to explore, do a little bit of shopping, something like that. But you, in the end, have a better experience than you would have had if you pushed your kid beyond their ability to stay calm and deal with the heat. So I, you know, super important advice. And, you know, I don't I don't know if this is possible for for every parent. But one of the other things that we did do is I think once your kid turns nine, they are able to check themselves in and out. So actually, Ava turned nine the second day on the cruise. And so they asked us, would you like to give Ava the permission to to check themselves in and out? And we went ahead and did that because uh, we really felt that if there was a moment where for whatever reason they couldn't reach Chris and I. 
um, or we couldn't get there quick enough and Ava was having a difficult time, we navigated, we made sure that Ava could navigate to the elevators and then from the elevators to our room. And Mm -hmm. so basically we said, we know that if you check yourself out of the kids club and we get a message and you're not there, then we're going to come to the room and we're going to meet you here. And so we had a little bit of a, a, a backup plan there so that Ava had a way to take care of themselves if for whatever reason we couldn't respond quite as quickly as we needed to. Because yeah. I did notice sometimes those messages were a little bit delayed. Mm-hmm. Like I would text my husband and then it would take him like 10 minutes, but then he thought he was responding immediately, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Stephanie, I want to wrap up with one last question here, which is, do you think you'll be headed back on Disney Cruise Line anytime soon? Was your experience, uh, you know, good? Uh, and do you think you'll go back? Oh, for sure. It was fantastic. Um, and we actually did do the placeholder uh, booking while we were on the ship. So at least within the next two years, we'll be back in. In, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, we've been looking at maybe doing an Alaska itinerary in 2024, um, but I don't know if I can wait that long. So I've been trying to kind of convince my husband to try out like one of the other ships, like maybe maybe getting on the wish a little bit sooner or something mm. like that. But um, yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely go back and we've definitely recommended it to a lot of our friends as well. Awesome. Sounds fantastic. And when you do go again, reach out. We'd love to have you back. But for now, I just want to thank you for coming on and sharing your family's experiences sailing aboard the dream and helping with some tips and tricks for uh, sailing with kids who might have a little bit of anxiety. So thank you so much, Stephanie, for coming on. Yeah, awesome. Thank you again for having me. As always, thank you so much out there for listening to our bonus show this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews. And if you leave us a written review, we will read it on the air in our main show each and every week. We love connecting with you, our listeners, and hearing your feedback. So head over there, leave us a review. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also connect with our show via our voice mail line. If you'd like to send us a question, a comment, or otherwise have us address your feedback on the air, then just leave us a message at 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. If you'd like even more great content from the DCL Duo, you can always browse to youtube.com slash DCL Duo for our vlog. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for making this show happen each and every month. We also really appreciate our amazing show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. So if you're looking to book your next fabulous Disney vacation, head over to www.mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your next fabulous vacation. Use that link so they know the DCL Duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of Disney Cruise Line or the Disney Company. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.